Welcome back to the Policy Biz Podcast. I'm your host, John Schwabish. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope you had an enjoyable holiday season, a happy new year, and are ready for a better 2022. I think we are all looking forward to a 2022 where we can go out a little bit more, stay safe, stay healthy, and maybe return a bit to normal. So on the continued season eight of the Policy Viz podcast, uh, I've got a great set of guests coming your way uh, with data visualization, data communication, presentation skills, a whole bunch of great guests uh, that I'm excited to chat with over the next few months. If you have folks that you'd like to hear from on the show, please send them my way. Uh, Connect me uh, with those folks that you want to hear from. Uh, Hear about their work, hear about their processes, hear about maybe a specific project that they worked on. Uh, I'm always looking for good guests to come on the show. If you'd like to support the show, don't forget to share it with your networks. Send a review up to iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you listen to the show. And if you want to support the show financially, head over to my Patreon page or to PayPal. But all that being said, let's get on to the show. On this week's episode, I've got two guests coming your way. I've got Ken and Kevin Fleurledge, who are the Tableau twins, uh, brothers who work together on Tableau-related things. They don't work together together, but they do a lot of Tableau stuff together, which I find pretty fascinating itself, as you'll hear in the interview. Uh, We talk about how they got so into Tableau. We talk about some of the challenges that they've had with Tableau, uh, some of the successes, or lots of the successes, I'll say, that they've had with Tableau, and how you could go about using the materials that they put out on their website for free. It's just an amazing resource that if you are in uh, the area of learning and working with Tableau, uh, I cannot recommend highly enough because there's just there's just great material there. So here is my conversation with Ken and Kevin. I hope you'll enjoy it. Hey, Ken, Kevin, welcome to the show. I think you might be the first like twins on the show ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks for having great. us. Guys. Yes, thanks. Yeah, I'm excited to chat with you guys. Um, so... We're going to get to the whole part about working with your brother in a little bit, because I think that aside from all the great work you guys do, and and also I should just say like making it available for people for free to use, like the fact that you guys work together is probably the most impressive thing that I could say about you guys, because I'm not sure I could work with my brother uh, on a daily basis, but we'll, 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 we'll get to that. Um, so I want to start by talking about your Tableau journey, how you guys got to where you are, I guess, in all senses, in terms of how and why you got to the spot where you are creating all these great dashboards and tutorials and things, and you're putting them out for people to use and, you know, open and for free. Um, and then also we can talk about, you know, you guys as Tableau Zen Masters and what that is and Tableau Ambassadors and, and what that is. Cause you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who, who don't know all about that. So um, maybe I'll just point to Ken to get us started. So sort of a, just a broad open question about your journey to uh, where you guys are now with Tableau. Right. Yeah. So, so I started out as a programmer 20 years ago out of college. Um, and I think what was interesting about my career is as I was building applications, I always had this, my mindset was always sort of focused on making sure that data was inadvertently sort of focused on making sure the data that was being produced was usable and useful for analysis. So I think it was, you know, when I moved into analytics, you know, full time, just 2013, maybe, um, it was sort of a natural place for me to be. And 
you know, I started using a, a variety of different data visualization tools at that time. Um, and, and, you know, they, they sort of, you know, I quickly glommed onto them. I, you know, I, I, I just sort of got it right away. Why, mm -hmm. what, what the value of it was. Um, and then 2016 timeframe, I was, I was looking for a, a, a change and just sort of noticed, uh, you know, a lot of the, the jobs had, had Tableau. I was aware of Tableau, hadn't really worked with it. Um, but I, I got this job at, at Bucknell University and, and Tableau was a big part of their, their uh, BI stack. So I thought, mm -hmm. wow, I can, I can take, you know, uh, an online course or something like that and learn this pretty quickly and at least be able to be somewhat knowledgeable coming into it. Um, so I did that. I took a, a course online uh, by Matt, Matt Francis, a lot of people know in the Tableau community, um, and just got the basics of it uh, and then started to work and, and jumped right into more of a system type architecture uh projects. It didn't really use Tableau at work. Um, but at the same time, I started having kind of these just these personal questions about data that that I wanted to explore. And I thought, well, here's a great opportunity for me to practice Tableau a little bit. Um, and I knew that I could embed it. So I thought maybe I could throw it on a web page or something mm -hmm. like that and embed this content and just create some sort of interesting analysis, right? Um, so politics and sports and, and a variety of different things that I that I looked at. Um, and as I was doing this, I really just started to fall in love with, with Tableau. I loved um, how easy it was to create uh, some really, really good uh, data visualizations without having to, to do a whole bunch of writing code and, and th that kind of thing. But I also love that it allowed me to, to be sort of creative in a way that I hadn't, hadn't been in, in a number of years. Um, mm -hmm. So I, most of my learning, at least initially, was, uh, was primarily just doing personal projects. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, from there, you know, I think I started started to get noticed in the Tableau community. Um, I started to doing, doing some things that were maybe a little non-standard, you know, things with yeah, yeah. curvy lines and, and things like that. <laughs> and, and, you know, as, as I was communicating with people, uh, you know, Twitter, you know, I, I realized that, you know, some of that, the math and, and things like that involved in that people didn't really quite understand. So, um, you know, I just started writing about it, you know, mm -hmm. I started writing about how to do these different things. And um, it was, sort of an organic thing where the blog turned uh, my you know blog turned into this free help you know where i was yeah. just writing tips and tricks and and things like that and um you know it was never meant to be that but it just sort of turned into that naturally as i decided to you know so many people helped me along the way i thought now it's time for me to sort of turn that back and and uh you know and help other people as well so that yeah. that's kind of you know my my journey if you will that's cool yeah uh, Kevin, your journey, your, yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> I kind of was a analyst in Excel. So mm. I kind of started doing that at a college. Ken, you know, jumped out of college and he was more focused than I was. He got a degree in computer science. I was kind of not caring as much as he did. <laughs> I ended up getting, I ended up getting a, a degree in, in mathematics focused mm -hmm. on statistics. So, um, but I, when I got out of college, I didn't really do much until about, I mean, I did lots of jobs that just weren't analytics jobs. Yeah. About 29, 30 years old, I started doing analytics and it's hyper-focused on Excel, right? You know, get that, get the data into Excel and manipulate it. And, you know, God forbid you had a million rows, you'd be in trouble, right? right? So yeah, right. Um, there was lots of, you know, piecing things together. So anyways, uh, you know, 
I had done that for, uh, I don't know, 12 years. I start hearing Ken talk about Tableau, Tableau, Tableau. And he's going to this conference and he's talking to all these people on, on Twitter. And I, you know, I used to just kind of, yeah, well, he actually had posted a couple of, of personal visualizations on Facebook, which is a, a, a terrible mistake because <laughs> your twin, your twin brother comes in and starts right. poking. Right? right. And right. so he just like pick, picking fun. And, and I remember him going to the conference and the table conference and it's, Oh, have fun at your nerd conference. Ken. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm working at Excel. Right. right yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah. and so I, I mean, I didn't really do much data viz. It was mostly numbers, you know, lots of tables and lots of, you know, and I, I was pretty darn good at it and yeah. successful at it, but it came to the point where I was starting to look for other jobs. It just didn't feel comfortable in the current role. I didn't feel like there was much room for um, advancement. So I started looking in my current company. It was a large uh, pharmaceutical distributor, one of the biggest companies in the world. And started looking in their analytics uh, job listings and Tableau, Tableau, Tableau. Oh. All, I think, I don't know, 95% of the listings I looked at said Tableau. Right. At this point, you know, Ken had kind of been asking me, hey, you want to, I can teach you this stuff, you know, you want to get involved. And I'd be like, you know, go have fun with your nerdy friends. <laughs> and um, so this is, you know, maybe six months later, yeah. you know, I start looking for jobs and tableaus on every single listing. Mm -hmm. and, not, and not like, it doesn't say like data visualization, it said tableau specifically. Right. Um, so I kind of, you know, tucked my tail between my legs and went to Ken and said, hey, can you can you <laughs> teach me how how to do this and the funny thing is at this point ken, i think ken became a tableau zen master i think we'll touch on what that means here in yeah, a minute yeah. but um ken became a tableau zen master i think in january 2018 i actually messaged yeah. him in february 2018 and said hey it's time for me to learn tableau this is you know via text time for me to learn tableau can you help me out and his response was yeah here's a great video from matt matt francis <laughs> okay I have an identical twin brother that's a Tableau Zen master, and he wants to have some other dude teach me. <laughs> so I said, no, that's not happening. So anyways, we had a three-hour session one night, and um, and just like Ken said, fell absolutely fell in love with it. It was it's weird. Like in high school, I loved mathematics, I loved art. It, it, I should say, I, not just in high school, but throughout my whole life, it was mathematics and art, mathematics and art, and this seemed like that perfect combination mm -hmm. when we when we used to sit there and draw transformers for 10 hours straight. Um, now we get to do it with data and actually, you know, right. honestly, if you do it with the right data, you can have a huge impact in the world. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it happened. And, and, and similar to Ken, Ken became a Taylor Zen master. And I think in a year and a half, I was a little longer, it took me like a year and nine months or something like that. So he always <laughs> holds that one over my head. And uh, right, right. <laughs> So, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how it happened. And, um, and ultimately Ken and Kevin became flurlage twins.com right. because nobody knew which website to go to for the content they were looking for. So right. we just merged them and, and yeah, we got, um, 299 blog posts on there right now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so before Kevin, before you got into Tableau, you guys were not working together. You guys had your own jobs, your own thing going on. We don't. We don't actually work together today. We we have our own. We Just have our the, own jobs, but you know, we 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 do the. You know, we do a lot of outside work. I guess you know the, yeah. the free kind of stuff, the blog. Right. Uh, we do a lot of joint presentations um, and, and things like that. But we still, you know, Kevin, Kevin and I still have separate, totally yeah. separate jobs from each other. Yeah. Right. 
So I want I want to just ask uh, two things. You you each mentioned something interesting about that journey. So I want to touch on the thing, Kevin. You mentioned on learning Tableau. You reach out to your brother, a three hour session. Let's sit down and let's hammer this out. And I've uh, I had a similar experience learning R, where I had a colleague of mine at Urban, Aaron Williams. I like said, Aaron, can you just sit down with me for like two days and teach me R? So. And not everybody can do that. Not everybody has a twin brother where they can, you know, who's a Zen master and say, hey, can you like teach me this thing? But do you find that one-on-one for some pretty, I mean, even three hours is a pretty extended amount of time to have someone sitting next to you helping walk you through the ins and outs of, of, in this case, Tableau? I think it's special for Ken and I because we are identical twins. We have the same DNA, right? You know what I mean? We think alike we've always thought alike you know we're very different people but we've always thought the same so to have your identical twin brother who's very knowledgeable teach you how to use the product yeah yeah, i mean i can't imagine anything better than that right but i mean after after that session we didn't have any of these long drawn out sessions he wasn't teaching me every day he wasn't doing that you know what he what i end up doing is you know going through the matt francis um um Udemy videos that were mm-hmm. nine or 10 hours of content. So, you know, even though he introduced me to it and helped me along the way a ton, right. um, probably a big chunk of my learning was just watching those videos and trying to replicate what, what he was doing, what Matt was doing in those videos. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think lots of people learn really well by that one-on-one. I think a lot of people learn by watching videos. We hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. I personally lo- learn better now that I kind of got a base of knowledge through blog posts. I prefer bl- reading a blog post mm-hmm. because I can skip what I want and get to the point. You know what I mean? So, um, I, I mean, if you are going to pick the ultimate way to learn, three-hour session from your identical <laughs> twin brother. Yeah, heck yeah. But uh, I think I think I learned lots of different ways and I think a lot of people would, would say yeah. the same. I mean, at, at work, I mean, you know, when I, we try to operate a very much of a self-service type of environment, you know, where people, you know, we help people to, to learn the tools and to prepare their data and then we give them the basic training and we, we let them go, right? Um mm-hmm. And, you know, so I do a very similar type of thing with new Tableau users at work. You know, I, I sit down with them for maybe an hour and a half, give them mm-hmm. that sort of crash course. Here are the basics of using it. Um, and then usually follow up with one or two other, you know, additional hour hourly sessions. And then they're off and running, you know, and mm-hmm. they know my name, they know how to get a hold of me. And, yeah. and when they need, they need help, um, they, you know, they reach out or, you know, we set up time to, to collaborate on something. Um, but generally speaking, I find that works really well. It's just to give them that real quick sort of crash course, right? get them in there. Because to me, the only real way to learn anything is to, to get your hands dirty, to really get good at anything is to get yeah. your hands dirty, get in there and, and try things. Um, right. So that's always my goal is give them the basics, push them out there and then let them learn by just doing things and then come back to me when you have questions or need to fill in those gaps. And for, and for you, when you're doing that, like, I totally agree. It's that you got to get over that initial hump of, you know, some things. So like in that hour, hour and a half session, like what are those initial things? So if someone's listening to this podcast right now, like what are the, I don't know, whatever, six, 1200 things that gets them over that initial hump so that they can really start building some stuff. Um, yeah, I think it's, you know, the, the core concepts of, of Tableau and, and sort of terminology, right? Mm. It's introducing 
you know, the basic data model and then what we call things, you know, we call them dimensions and measures, right? Um, right. And, and then it's talking through uh, the difference between a green pill, a, dis- a, a continuous pill and a, and a blue pill, you know, a discrete pill and, right. and how those work differently as you put them on different places on, on the, um, you know, the tableau pane or whatever. Right. Um, and then it's, then it's, it's introducing the rose shelf and the column shelf, as well as the marks card and what all these things do. And then ultimately how, when you bring all those pieces together, you're able to create, you know, kind of anything you, you would like to create or anything you could imagine. Um, and, you know, usually I, you know, show people some basic, how to build, you know, basic charts with, you know, a bar chart, a line chart. Um, and, you know, but the, the key thing is, you know, those foundational types of yeah. things that, that you use because Tableau, you know, everything you build, you're using, Green pills, blue pills, uh, the rose shelf, the column sh- shelf, and the marks card. I mean, yeah. everything. And there's not really anything you're doing outside of that necessarily, right? So once you understand those core concepts and understand how they all work, um, that's the basic the basic pieces that you need yeah. to, to move forward. Yeah, getting that lingo and that jargon down. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ken, you mentioned something earlier that I wanted to get back to too, because you said you were, you were building some things, you were publishing some things and you sort of got noticed in the community and then it sort of, you know, built from there. Um, Mm -hmm. I get a, I get questions every once in a while, especially from, you know, younger folks that are like, how do I, you know, quote unquote, get famous in the data visualization (laughs) field? And, and I'm like, well, first off famous in the data visualization field is not like, that's not really a famous is not a thing, but, um, (laughs) but like when, because my answer is going to be, I think, the same as what your answer is going to be. But I want to give you just a, or and both of you really, because you both have this this platform and this website and this blog where you are known as like leaders in the in the Tableau field. So when someone would come to either of you and say, "Hey, how do I get noticed or how do I get famous in the data viz field?" Like, what what is what would your response be to that that kind of question? I mean, I think I think my initial concern would be, you know, if that's the right. I don't think that's the right goal, right? Yeah. I don't. I don't think getting famous. If you want to be famous, then don't do it in the data. <laughs> right? You know, there's a finite group of uh, of people that are, are yeah. you know, going to be able to yeah. be, be fans, right? Right. Um, and, and I just think, generally speaking, that's the wrong. That's the wrong perspective, right? You know, um, if your goal is to get really, really good at and I'll talk just more generally about yeah. data visualization. If your goal is to get really, really good at data visualization so that you can have a great job in the field or, you know, uh, create, you know, beautiful pieces of data art, uh, you know, I'm thinking about like Nadia Bremer and some of the stuff that she does, right. um, you know, th- that's a good goal, right? Um, or, or a goal of, of, you know, getting really good and then, helping other people to get good. That's a great goal as well. Um, getting famous. I, I, I have had people ask me that and, and I've, and I've given this, this advice to them. Yeah. And I will say that the people who want to get famous, I, they usually don't. Right. You know, because yeah. I just don't think it's the right, I don't think that's enough of a drive in this to, um, to get really good at it. Um, you know, and that was certainly never, I, I don't know that we're famous, maybe within the Tableau community, we're famous, but, um, you know, it was never a goal for me, right? I mean, right. I wanted to get good at it for work, but I also started to love it. And I just 
wanted to get good at it so I could create the things that I saw other people doing. Adam, right. you know, Adam McCann was like one of the, the big people. Like, how can I create these crazy things that Adam's creating? And I just wanted to get to that point um, just for my own development. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I think where we started to become well-known was, you know, that when we when we started to share that knowledge with people you know freely and openly you know you go to our website we make zero dollars off of it um there's no advertisements that's just you know it's purely there because we love this stuff and we want to help other people to to learn it and get better at it and um yeah so the goal was never to be famous and i and i just think that's the wrong sort of perspective coming into this yeah but if you uh, agreed 100 percent with ken but if you want to grow a following, you're going to yeah. have to, you're going to have to share content. You're going to have to help people. You're going to have to put blog posts out. You're going to have to right. create interesting visualizations. You're going to have to create some techniques that maybe people have never seen before. So yeah. I a hundred percent agree with Ken. Uh, the, the goal shouldn't be to be famous. Um, but there is some idea of if you are going to be an, you know, create your own consultant company, you know, consultancy company, and you wanted to be able to grow, you know, your business and ha- be kind of known for, for your skills. I mean, there are ways to do that. And and I, I think like Tessellation run by Luke Stankia, another Tebos MS, he's done a great job of, of building um, his company through sharing lots of free content, visualizations, lots of blog posts, and, and all that content is free on his website. So right. um, I think there is some level to, you know, not necessarily being famous, but to building your credibility um, in the in the database community. So, yeah, right. Like, and building not that your that, credibility. Yeah. Right, building your credibility, not so much like doing it to get that following to be famous, but to that following shows up because you are producing good stuff that people can use. Right, right. exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, you've both mentioned a, a whole bunch of people so far that um, you <laughs> utilize it. No, it's great. I'll, I'll put links to all these folks uh, in the show notes so people can check them out. Um, and, and that is one thing about the Tableau community that regardless of whether uh, people like Tableau or don't like Tableau, use it or don't lose it. I mean, I think everybody can agree that there's a very active Tableau community. Um, and so I want to ask you quickly about the Zen master program and the Tableau ambassador program, um, because you're both, both of those. Um, and how that, um, how you sort of view that as, as part of this, this bigger Tableau community. So Kevin, if you want to take a shot at, you know, describing those two, uh, to start. So first off the the Tableau, um, Zen master program and the ambassador program are both real things. That title of Tableau Zen master. when I first heard it, I thought it was like, you know, somebody, you know, gave themselves that title and this. It's not exactly true. It's actually a program run by Tableau. It's basically uh, Tableau. I think they call it their recognition program. Um, so there's kind of two levels that Tableau Zen Master and Tableau Ambassadors. Um, Tableau Ambassadors, there's um, like six different arms of it now. I think uh, Tableau Public Ambassador. Tableau Public is a is the the free kind of version of Tableau that you can use and publish up visualizations on on their public uh, page. Social ambassadors, uh, forums ambassadors, Tableau forums where you can where people can ask questions and and people like Ken especially help help uh, people get answers to those questions. Um, CRM. There's 
there's like six different branches of table yeah. ambassadors and how it works is essentially people in the community, they open up nominations, people in the community, when I say they, I mean Tableau, but people in the community will nominate others. And then Tableau ultimately selects uh, a group of people to become an ambassador. Um, Ken is a Tableau forums ambassador. I am a Tableau public ambassador. Ken's been that three or four years. I've been for a couple of years. Um, I think in, in total, there's a couple hundred Tableau, maybe 300 Tableau ambassadors. They even have student ambassadors um, mm. as one of those arms. So I think there's 300, there may be 400 Tableau ambassadors in all in these kind of different areas. Tableau's ambassadors are, are kind of the same general idea. Um, so there's there's far less of them. So mm -hmm. the idea with, uh, again, they open a uh, tableau opens up nominations and, and peers nominate people and say why they should. Um, but they have really uh, specific criteria for that. First, you have to be a master of, of tableau and that could be a master of, you know, the core product or the, the tableau server or some other aspect, but you have to be a master of tableau. You have to uh, be a collaborator, you know, work with other people, help other people, you know, collaborate with, you know, I could get into it a minute uh, momentarily, but collaborate with the development team of Tableau. Um, and then third is to be a teacher. Hmm. doesn't mean that you're, you know, sitting in front of a, a class and teaching, right. but it means you're doing something to help others learn. Writing blog posts. Um, I'll mention another name, Tim Naguena, who's a, another Tableau Zen master. He has a great um, YouTube channel. So he does lots of videos, especially on new features. Um, you know, so those types of things where you're actually teaching people. So if you can kind of cover those three categories, people will nominate you and Tableau would, will choose um, choose you potentially as, as a Tableau Zen master. And the total, I think the program, I have a visualization on this. I think it started in 2012. In total, there's been 90 unique uh, Tableau Zen masters. Right now, there are 41 plus uh, 12 Hall of Fame Tableau Zen Masters. I'm lucky enough that I had, before I even started, before I even downloaded Tableau, to have an identical twin brother right. and then as a Zen Master. And then six months down the road, I started working for Jeffrey Schaefer. I think you know Jeffrey yep. Schaefer. I still work for Jeff. So six months after starting to learn Tableau, I started working for Jeff, who's currently a Hall of Fame Tableau Zen Master. So, right. um, so that's kind of how it's selected. Like I said, you know, with the Hall of Fame Zen Masters, there's 53 in the world. So it's a, it's a, a huge honor. Uh, right. And we get to do lots of cool stuff like, you know, get some insights on what's coming up, you know, what mm -hmm. the, the um, what's future enhancement look, looks like. And, uh, you know, we could provide feedback on that. So it's really cool because we can be able to help others. We'll also help shape what that product looks like right. uh, down the road. So, And to be clear, the Zen Master title is every year. It's not like you're a Zen master in 2020 and you're necessarily a Zen master in 2020, 2021. You need to go through the whole nomination process. And I would guess there's like an application or, or whatever you have to submit to do it every year. You're right. That's that's exactly right. Usually the ambassador program does starts nominations in the summer and the Zen program starts nominations early in the year, usually in January. And you're right. It's a year. So if you went, you're a Tableau Zen master and I just did absolutely nothing. I disappeared off the face of the earth. I probably wouldn't be one the next year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The exception to that is the Hall of Fame uh, after. Right. right. If you qualify for the Hall of Fame, if you've been a Zen for five years, I think, and then you Correct. still have to kind of be inducted or nominated or something like that. Right. Um, and then, but then you're sort of a Hall of Famer in perpetuity. Right. Forever. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Although the unplugging for a year does sound kind of nice. I won't. I, I won't <laughs> um, so we've talked about your, your, your sort of personal journeys for, for a bit. Um, but I want to make sure we talk a little bit about dashboarding in general. So I want to ask you just a couple of questions um, about dashboarding before we before we wrap up. So, um, and I'll start maybe uh, with Ken. Um, so this is uh, and maybe a loaded question. I don't know, but like, how would you define a dashboard? Well, I'm, I'm going to pass this one over to Kevin. I think. <laughs> I'm going to walk him out. Wow, look at one. that. Look at <laughs> that. <laughs> I think it's a there's a natural end because. I'm going to talk about the big book of dashboards. Okay, so yep. the, if, if, if everybody doesn't know, the big book of dashboards was written by my boss, Jeffrey Schaefer, um, uh, Steve Wexler, and Andy Cotgrave. Oh, boy, I guess it's been out for, I don't know, five years or something. Yeah. And I th- they tell this story all the time about the how they started to write the book. And the very first step was what you just asked. How do you define dashboard? What is a dashboard and they tell i think it's steve that usually tells this story and it's just really interesting to hear them kind of go back and forth and they said they talked about it for hours and hours you know before they could even write a word they had to figure out what that definition mm-hmm. is so i'll read it word for word a dashboard this is what they end up landing on a dashboard is a visual display of data used to monitor conditions and or facilitate understanding and i think that's an excellent uh, a definition. The truth is that could be an interactive display that allows exploration. That's kind of what I do on a regular basis. I, you know, it's a dashboard. I can, I can hover, I can filter, I can, uh, you know, um, highlight different things, right? It's interactive. I can drill down, but you know, from that definition, it could also be just a PDF that's emailed every day. It just has right. certain K- KPIs on it. It could be a, you know, these are kind of examples they use in the book is, you know, you're in a call center and you have this gigantic big screen on the wall that just shows certain metrics in real time, right? That can be considered a dashboard as well. For me, when I say dashboard, I think of that first one the most, an interactive display uh, that allows exploration. But, you know, could you call, um, you know, a static infographic a dashboard? Probably. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Can anything to add to that? Y- yeah, I mean, I, I guess I just tend to sort of try to separate the concept of a dashboard from a data visualization. Um, Mm. I feel like a dashboard is sort of a subset of data visualization and, um, you know, data visualization, I think as a sort of a broad category that obviously would include dashboards, but also other things like infographics or uh, data stories or, um, you know, even data art, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So to me, that data visualization is that broad category and dashboard is a little, something a little bit more specific, um, and, you know, I think, you know, we tend to think of dashboard as being something sort of business centric, right? It's something mm-hmm. you use from a business perspective. And I think, you know, in the vast majority of cases, I think that's a fair, fair statement. Maybe not always, but um, I, I think, you know, it, it makes sense to think of it in that context. Now, interestingly, you you use that phrase data stories because that was actually my, my next question. So like... Uh-huh. The field throws people in the field sort of throw that word around a lot. Um, the word story and you know storytelling. Um, how do you think about telling data stories and how do they merge with dashboards? Because I, I feel like a lot of people say, "Oh, I have a dashboard. I'm telling the story." And it's like, well, you're really just. I mean, if we go back to the the definition, Kevin, you just read. It's like, well, you're really just letting me monitor this information, or you know, I'm just understanding these KPIs, but like that's not a story. That's just like letting me explore the data. So how do you 
think about i guess dashboarding verses or or encapsulating stories yeah um yeah so this is an interesting interesting trend and and i i think it's important that that the end result be some sort of story, right? There's, there needs to be some sort of insight that that helps you to then, that leads to some sort of action being taken, right? Mm-hmm. And, and 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 I guess you could call that a story, but I don't always know. I don't always think that it's it's our job as a as a, you know data visualization or dashboard developers or creators. I don't think it's necessarily our job to reveal that story. Um, you know, I, I, I think, of, yeah. I think a lot of the dashboards that I create that, that, that a lot of us create and, you know, at least from a business perspective are those exploratory dashboards, you know, where you're building that in a way that sort of makes the data, uh, you know, easy to find insight. You're visualizing it in a way with, with chart types and, and, you know, different techniques that, make it easy to sort of extract those insights, but you're not necessarily go, going that next step and extracting them. You're just yeah. providing the tool right. that allows other people to do it, you know? So I might be, I might push that tool out to a broad audience and each of them is going to develop their own insights or their own stories from it. Right. And I, I think in a way that that can be, that's a little bit more powerful than, than if I tried to just focus in on this, this one story, I think, me focusing in on that creates sort of a narrow view of that data, whereas you know allowing people to find their own stories in that data and that that dashboard that I've created um, can be more effective. And you know those are the people that are that that work in their division or their department, right? That really know their business processes, and they're going to interpret that that the data a little bit differently than somebody else. And it's going to create, you know, sort of different types of insights. Yeah. Um, I do think there are times when, when you know, telling a, a very clear story um, is is important. But ultimately, it's it's kind of the role. You know, am I developing something for other people to find those insights, or am I, you know, the actual analyst that's working in that department, digging into this data and trying to figure out, you know, where a problem is or you know where an opportunity is? And, and in that case, you know telling that story might be be really important. But I think a lot of us um, are kind of further upstream in that where we're, where we're building these things that are meant to be tools for other people to to find those insights. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Ken and I are, are identical twins because it's the exact, I mean, like <laughs> word for word, my answer. Um, I was going to just touch on one thing is, yeah. is I'll mention another Tableau-centric thing is, is IronViz. IronViz is this big competition, a data visualization competition within Tableau that they do every year. They have a feeder competition where they give you a topic and you create a visualization and they judge it on three different criteria. And then ultimately you get to the finals. They just had this last week. You get to the final um, and um, you build a visualization in 20 minutes using some set of data. Now you get to do a lot of prep work. So it's not just like two bar charts or something like that. You get yeah. to do a lot of prep work and a lot of practice, but, um, but the criteria for that are analysis design and storytelling. Mm. So, so, and I always got a little bit analysis of design. Yes. Makes perfect sense. I always got a little bothered by the storytelling because you don't, always need to tell a story right Right. so i always wanted to to suggest to them to change that to insightfulness to where you know 
I could tell a story, you know, I've done Iron Viz about when Napster basically killed music for, you know, years and years and years. Right. And that I told a very, very specific story, Mm -hmm. but I think that there should be just as much opportunity for a winner to have a dashboard where you can extract your own stories. Like Ken said, right. In business, the manager is going to be looking and probably getting a different story than the CEO of the company, right? So, um, so I love the idea of just it being not necessarily a story, but just being insightful and yeah. to be able to, to get your own story by digging through that dashboard, yeah, or that to, visualization. Yeah, yeah. To facilitate understanding, right? Like That's what Steve Wexler says all the time. Yeah. Greatest, greatest yeah. amount of understanding. You facilitate understanding. Yeah. And just like that, just like the word dashboard, right? I think it's, this is just something that uh, we probably need in, in the data visualization community as a whole, we need better definitions around what, what do we mean when we, when we use that word storytelling, right? Right. Is it specifically kind of telling a narrative story about something that's going on or is it, you know, something broader than that? Right. And I, and I, and I'm sure people have, have worked on those definitions, but uh, I think it's often kind of unclear what we mean when we use that term. That's a really interesting point, right? Because if you think about when you say the word dashboard outside of the data viz paradigm or, or field, you th- might probably think about the dashboard in your car. Yeah. Um, and that's not telling you a story, right? It's just it's giving monitoring information for you. Um, and that's not really a story. You could tell a story around that. I drove really fast for a while, and then I slowed way down, right. and because of X, Y, and Z. But that, but itself is not a story. That's that. That's an interesting way to think about it. Yeah. Um, and we could probably blame that for all the gauge charts that we see all yeah. over the place. <laughs> that's right. I think that's right. Yeah. So the Tableau conference was just a few weeks ago. Um, you both did a talk on um, making better dashboards and those videos are all recorded and they're all free. So I'll link to them so, so people can go over and, and watch the full talk. But I was wondering if you could share maybe your top, you know, two or three or four or six or whatever it is, uh, your like top tips for making better dashboards. Like what, what should people have in the back of their heads as they're, as they're making their dashboards? So yeah, that uh, that presentation was, uh, I guess, loosely based on a blog post I wrote about a year and a half ago called Simple Steps for Better Design. It was um, kind of started off as my sort of pet peeves of, of data visualization, just things that I always saw people doing um, regularly that I, I just wanted to help them fix, right? And this is actually lots of input from Ken and uh, from Jeffrey Schaefer, especially. Um, so this is really ended up with 26 different things. It was like, do this, don't do this, right? Um, in the table conference presentation, we showed, you know, a lot of these good design tips. We also showed a bunch of cool tableau tricks. I think they're cool. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like based on the feedback, they were cool. But in, in, in regards to design, if we were going to just kind of hit on the top ones, things like removing clutter, um, using color intentionally rather than, you know, categorically coloring things or, or that, um, you know, making sure you have a white space. I mean, this seems obvious, but using easy to read fonts. Mm. Uh, we also touched on color palettes. So, you know, if you're going to use a diverging color palette, you really have to have a sort of yes. natural midpoint, right? You don't just run from, you know, sales from $500 up to $2,000 and, and make a diverging color palette because where's that middle point, right? It should be a target, should be a zero point. Um, and then really just to design a clean user interface that allows for 
you know, easy to use interactivity. And that's what we really did was take kind of a, a crummy dashboard and make it a better dashboard, both both aesthetically and, and as you, you know, actually interact with it. And one little kind of tip that we always use, and this, this is, you know, what we show in that presentation is specific to Tableau, but could be implemented in any software is, is the idea of, of if you have a stack bar chart. I don't love stack bar charts, but sometimes if you have maybe like a pie chart, if you have two, um, you know, mm -hmm. colors or whatever, then I think it's okay. Um, but one thing that I've always done, and I learned this, I mentioned Steve Wexler's name a bunch, but this is originally <laughs> from Steve Wexler, kind of improved by Ryan Sleeper, another uh, former Zen, but in, with a great blog but the idea of taking a stacked bar and if i have you know blue on the inside and gray on the outside we can measure the total we can easily measure the blue because it's along the axis but what if we want to compare the grays right well the the trick is really to to add some interactivity to allow a user to click on the gray and it sorts it back to the axis so mm. now you can compare the gray you can compare the gray you can compare the blue individually and you can control the total otherwise they're kind of starting at different points so you you know it's really difficult to compare so that i feel like that could be applied in in any software but we show it obviously specific to tableau so i think that would be the the biggest key points right. we didn't go crazy technical like we have you know we've done presentations at the conference about trigonometry and building charts you know using trigonometry <laughs> which is highly complicated this was kind of yeah. simple and really you know helpful to just about any level of user right um i mean the, okay I think so I, one last question before we go Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think, I think the key, you know, the key word I would use is this, this is something Kevin and I talk about all the time is polish. And by polish, we mean, you know, you know, you, you've built the dashboard, it's 95% there, it's functional, you could theoretically put it out there, and it would, it would be, it would work, right. Um, but it's the, it's that last sort of 5%. It's just those few extra steps that you can um, really sort of clean it up, enhance the user experience, you know, uh, provide tool, you know, t techniques like that clicking on the, um, you know, the stack bar chart that, mm -hmm. you know, that really helped to sort of draw out the insights um, and just general, generally create something that people want to spend time interacting with. Right. Yeah. So I think this is, this is largely all about, you know, if I summarize, it was largely all, all about those steps that you can to use to add polish to, you know, the dashboard before, before you deploy it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, before we go, uh, one last question. So what is it like working with your brother? Like I said, I don't know if I, I don't know if my brother and I could. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I, mean, I, I love it. I mean, I've never had, it's, it, we are identical twins. Like I said, we like share DNA. We've always got along really, really well. Yeah. We've had no problems. I mean, like Ken said earlier, we don't actually, you know, <laughs> in business together and maybe that yeah. would never work i don't know right, but right. but but doing uh presentations and blog posts and really collaborating on so much you know creating visualizations together we do that as well um we've had very little drama i mean um he, we might argue who's more handsome which is clearly me <laughs> and he always gets the nod for the smarter one probably because <laughs> he was more focused but uh but yeah, it's been, it's been great. And it's, it, it, the cool thing is, um, you know, I, we, I don't think we already touched on it, but I'm in the Cincinnati area. Ken lives up in Pennsylvania. He chased a girl up there 20 years ago. And for, you know, that first 
Well, for the bulk yeah. of that 20 years, yeah. Ken and I weren't all that close. We didn't talk that much. We mm -hmm. just kind of separated. And yeah. uh, Tableau, this sounds mushy, but really brought us back <laughs> together. It's, and it's 100% true. We talk literally every day. We got a Slack channel together, just him and right. I. Yeah. And we talk all day long, every day. And it really made us way more tight than we ever were. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in a, in a weird way, Tableau really brought us back together to being best friends. That's great. Yeah. That's great. That'll be the next Tableau thing. They'll have Zen Masters, Ambassadors, and Love Stories or something like that. And we'll have this, this <laughs> other thing. Ken, Kevin, thanks so much for coming on the show. This was really interesting. I think there's uh, you provided a ton of, of resources uh, that I'll link to on the show notes page uh, for folks. And of course, they can uh, check out your site and uh, also check out the the talk and the blog post from the from the Tableau conference. So, uh, thanks guys, uh, appreciate it. Have a great holiday season and uh, enjoy hanging out together in, in real life. Thanks, John. Yeah. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks everyone for tuning in to this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed that. I hope you are uh, ready to kick off 2022. I hope you're going to have a great year, and I hope you'll tune back in to the podcast as I bring you more great guests over the next several months. So until next time, this has been the Policy Viz Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. A number of people help bring you the Policy Viz Podcast. Music is provided by the NRIs. Audio editing is provided by Ken Skaggs. Design and promotion is created with assistance from Sharon Satsuki Ramirez. And each episode is transcribed by Jenny Transcription Services. If you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Policy Viz Podcast is ad-free and supported by listeners. If you'd like to help support the show financially, please visit our PayPal page or our Patreon page at patreon.com slash policyviz.